You're listening to Ecomonics, a Debutify podcast, your resource for one-of-a-kind insights into the world of e-commerce and business in the modern age. This is Joseph. I'll be presenting a wealth of industry knowledge from interviews with successful business people and our own state-of-the-art research. Your time is valuable, so let's go. Good to have you here. Today's episode is going to be about cryptocurrency. This concept positively fascinates me. The one aspect of commerce that I adore is in regards to the many assets we have at our disposal to exchange for other assets. I've been a freelancer for seven years. Actually, could be six. Anyways, in that time, I've worked for money, consumable goods, and in one instance, quid pro quo, where I did a free job for a lawyer, and in exchange, she used her law powers to retrieve a laptop I had loaned out to someone who refused to give it back after two years. That was some of the most powerful I ever felt, and I'm really glad I don't hold public office. I'm looking forward to talking about cryptocurrency, but first, I'd like you to understand my perception of value. I believe the world runs on three major currencies, time, money, and anxiety. As we always say, our job in e-commerce is to solve problems and contribute to the net good. Therefore, we are looking to help people save time, spend money wisely, and alleviate anxiety as best we can. Money is the one we understand, but we'll be talking about it plenty in this episode. In fact, we should probably do that now. According to Wikipedia, which I promise you I only use sparingly, in the 1970s, the USD, considered to be the world reserve currency, was taken off the gold standard by Richard Nixon. There's a joke in there about a guy named Rich who did some nixing, but I'm not deft enough a hand to craft it. Anyways, the gold standard worked for thousands of years because everyone agreed that gold was valuable. It represented prestige. It still represents that, but its usefulness has only increased in time. The gold standard was replaced with fiat currency. The technical definition of fiat currency is that it's a trust-based currency whose value is related to the prospective value of the country that issues it. I'm trying to draw a careful connection to cryptocurrency and I'm almost there. The reason why fiat currency retains value is because it functions as a motivator. People are willing to work for a lot of reasons, but money is always top of the list. You know, like top three. Anyways, in that way, the total productivity of a country measured in money reflects the total amount of energy expended to earn that money. The Fed is also continuing to stimulate the economy by printing additional money. And while this is a controversial subject, it's still important that I point it out. How they can justify printing the money is the same logic that justifies the value of the money in the first place. It's a matter of trust. The federal government trusts that its people will continue to work. And it takes out a loan on itself by speculating its future productivity. Again, very controversial, but I'm just giving you what we need so that we can talk about it. Time is the one we think we understand but there's a level of detail that we could all be on the same page about. It's proven that throughout a human being's lifespan, our perception of time speeds up. So while relativity is another fascinating concept I could go on and on about, let's stick to something concrete. There are 24 hours in a day. If we look at time the same way we look at a dollar, we can take a clear, pragmatic approach at our ability to assess its value. Each day, we give ourselves time. And we spend that time no matter what. So within each moment, we have the option to decide what is the inherent value. Imagine if you took stock of what you did from wake up to sleep and assigned a value to each hour. 
the way I would rate my time is from platinum to gold, silver, bronze, copper, and garbage. How I spend each hour is, you know, for the most part, up to me. Theoretically. I need to sleep. And eat. And meet deadlines. But how I perceive each hour is based on what threshold I need to cross in order to assign the best value possible. And then we have anxiety. Anxiety is the tension we experience in our lives that compels us to negotiate a balance between the other two. For instance, if I have to catch a bus at 9.32 a.m. and I'm awake at 8 a.m., I could, and in many cases have, spent my time very poorly on my phone, resulting in a mad dash for the bus. If I'm lucky and catch the bus, I experience true, palpable relief, as essentially, I had it both ways. If I miss the bus, my anxiety shoots through the roof, since it is entirely my fault, and I'm compelled to reconsider my options. Is my engagement important enough to warrant getting an Uber, saving time, but losing money? The answer to that question relies entirely on how anxious I am in that moment. One such job, on my first day, I was on time for the bus I intended to catch to be early to the store. But the bus didn't show up sending my anxiety to hitherto unprecedented levels. And even though my entire day's pay was about to go to waste, I called a cab. Now, since you're wondering what in blue blazes this has to do with cryptocurrency, I'll answer that question right now. Cryptocurrency, aka digital currency, does many things. Among them, they enhance the inherent value of time. I do 95% of my web usage on Brave. The other 5% on Microsoft Edge, because certain websites seem to not jive with Brave very well. And through using Brave, I earn basic attention tokens by viewing ads unique to Brave. Over three months, I generated a total of 11 BAT, which was roughly three US dollars. I then had a set to auto-contribute to content creators that I viewed regularly. I could keep the BAT to myself, um but I found it was more equitable to let Brave send that money to people who amuse me so. So, while each content creator gets maybe, I don't know, 45 cents US, I'm just one user. Multiply that by a variant of thousands, and it's going to start to add up. With this in place, anything I do online is enhanced through the simple act of using Brave over a different browser, and as such, I have increased the overall tangible value of my time and I didn't have to do a single thing differently. And that is just a taste of cryptocurrency. I first learned about it in around 2014. I had heard about it sporadically, but never looked into it. I eventually encountered an opportunity to learn more about it at a yearly conference I attend called PodCamp. And before you get the wrong idea, it's, it, is, it is the only one I do. And even that's pushing it. One year, I slept the entire weekend and didn't realize it was on until the last hour of the last day. Anyways, one of the sessions was a primer on Bitcoin, and so I enthusiastically signed up for it. The way cryptocurrency was explained to me is as follows. Take a transaction between a customer and a merchant via credit card. It's actually a three-way transaction between those two parties and the credit card company. The credit company is the one who actually does the buy in that moment. And the consumer then pays the credit card back. The creditor prefers if they delay the payment so that interest is generated. Because there is a network involved in this, it requires energy to transact the purchase. A crypto miner, 
at the time he was referring specifically to Bitcoin, offers to use their energy to complete the transaction so that the credit card company can save money. The miner is not rewarded for this energy expenditure in money, however, they're rewarded in Bitcoin. Now, when I explained that to my family, they asked me to dumb it down for them. Regrettably, I informed them that was the dumbest, downest version that I had access to. Now, his analogy about using credit card companies was just that, an analogy. As far as I can see, cryptocurrency is not mined outside its own network of transactions. Since I won't get another chance to mention this, I regret that I was one of the many who could be at least 10 grand richer. As the presenter of the session said he'd give some free Bitcoin for signing up for an account. He never replied to my email. So, lesson there, don't be afraid to be a squeaky wheel. Cryptocurrency, as you might imagine, is a relatively new development. There have been discussions about digital currency as far back as the 1980s, as well as a few attempts. The problem was there was no way to track the payments, leading to duplications, thus rendering the value null. Cryptocurrency, the first being Bitcoin, has an origin pointing back to 2008, with a proposal written by one Satoshi Nakamoto. We assume. No one's actually sure if that's the name of the person. In it, he writes, quote, A purely peer-to-peer version of electronic cash would allow online payments to be sent directly from one party to another without going through a financial institution. He goes on to explain that there are a number of cost-related downsides to using financial institutions, i.e. banks, to complete transactions. If there is a dispute, if there is a need for a refund, if there's fraud, each of these instances require additional time and labor to resolve, leading to a net loss by the financial institution, as well as for the disputing parties since it also takes time and energy away from them too. Sakamoto proposed a Peer-to-peer system where the users, each supplying a part of a network, also provide the ledger, so that the currency's history can be readily accessed. Every Bitcoin in circulation has a ledger attached to it, so every transaction it's been a part of is accessible on what's called a blockchain. In order to generate Bitcoin, the miners would supply the necessary computing power to complete and verify a transaction. In exchange for their energy expended, a new Bitcoin is minted. This gives cryptocurrency a number of advantages over fiat. It's less expensive to facilitate transactions. It's easier to trace safely. It's not bound to any government or financial institution. And it can be earned passively, though that part of it is not exactly lucrative at this point. One downside that I find interesting, albeit unfortunate, is that the transaction is traceable, but the transactor can be anonymous. Which means crypto can be used to make illegal purchases. That's as far as I'll go about that. Investopedia.com pits gold, fiat, and crypto in a three-way battle to determine how each one fares as a currency. I'm going to go through each trait, which also will give you some added insight into how money is weighted. Each currency is scored in each trait either high, moderate, or low. Alright, let's do this. Number one, fungibility or interchangeability. All three score high. Number two, non-consumable, as in, is this a commodity that can be eaten, drank, or smoked? In this, all three score high. Gold is a malleable substance, but the volume remains the same. And for the most part, you shouldn't eat, drink, or smoke it. Number three, portability. Gold scores moderate. Fiat and crypto score high. That's because gold is heavy. 
Very heavy. Surprisingly heavy. Dense. Anyways, number four, durability. Gold and crypto score high. Fiat scores moderate. Caused by inflation, no doubt. Number five, secure. Cannot be counterfeit. Crypto scores high. The other two score moderate. Number six, highly divisible. Again, same score as five. Number seven, transactability. Gold is low since we don't all own forges. The other two score high. Number eight, scarcity. Predictable supply. Gold is moderate. We know there's only so much on planet Earth. Crypto is high since most coins have a predetermined number of coins. Fiat scores low because the Fed can always print more money. Number nine, sovereignty which is distributed by government. Gold and crypto score low, fiat scores high. Number 10, decentralization. This is the opposite. There is no government control of the currency. Crypto scores high, the other two score low. And last, number 11, is programmability. Same score, low, low, high. The one area crypto scored low was in sovereignty, which... A, I'm not 100% that's how it's said. Sovereignty? Anyways, which... This low score would be by design, as it's meant to be decentralized. However, countries could consider providing digital currency in the future. Gold had the most low scores. But gold is also a precious resource. Fiat scored low in decentralization and programmability, which honestly seems like a misnomer. It's like if an elephant and a giraffe were compared, and the giraffe scored low in being an elephant. However, the one that is fair game is scarcity. This is not my opinion. It's a known issue. Far be it from me to be the total authority on the subject, I of course recommend further research. My goal here is to pique your interest. That said, here's some facts about cryptocurrency. Most cryptocurrencies have a limit to how many are in circulation. BAT, for instance, as of CoinGecko.com's current analysis, circulates 1,485,512,636 of the total projected 1,500,000,000. This allows each currency to increase its inherent value. Each individual piece will gain in buying power so long as that which they trade for remains consistent, or better. This gives it a tangible sense of finality like gold. Where there is only so much gold on the planet, so too there are only so many crypto coins. This is alleviated by the introduction of new coins. The one exception I can find is called Dogecoin. It's, it's kind of like a meme uh, cryptocurrency. It's, it's pretty funny when you look at it because you'll go through uh, certain trade um, platforms and you'll see regular text. But then you switch over to Dogecoin and it's all, wow, such profit. Anyways. You'll see it. It's got a picture of the uh, Shiba Inu dog using the popular, wow, such good meme line. At one point, it had a cap of 100 billion, but the creator felt it was better to just make them infinite. Because, you know, 100 billion was... You know, it was, just, it was just coming right around the corner, really. Cryptos are sorted into a number of functions. Some are proof of work, meaning in order to complete the transaction computer needs to process the transaction. Bitcoin is a chief example of this. Some are proof of stake, 
where the next block in the chain is determined by a set of variables determined at random, such as age. You can look up Gridcoin as an example of this. Some are ERC-20, which are based on Ethereum, the second largest platform next to Bitcoin. Ethereum, being the core currency, where other currencies are derived. Uh, BAT, as I mentioned earlier, is a form of ERC-20. To acquire Bitcoin, you have several methods at your disposal. You can buy them, trade for them, complete online tasks from websites to be rewarded for them. If anybody suggests a scavenger hunt, I would avoid those. Or, as we talked about already, you can mine them. It does depend on what coin you're mining, but the general gist is that if you have a good enough CPU, you can run software on your PC that lets you participate in the mining process. But at this point, serious mining efforts require specific hardware. As transactions enter the peer-to-peer -peer network, miners are presented with a mathematical problem. The miner that solves the problem is the one to complete the transaction and earns the Bitcoin. Cryptocurrency can be divisible. The same as a dollar can be divisible into cents, Bitcoin, for instance, can be divisible into eight decimal places. I personally own 0.0010 BTC, which is valued at 10 US dollars. The current value of a single full Bitcoin, as of this recording, is $9,580.93. Cryptocurrency is held in an online wallet. As you can imagine, being an internet-based currency, the coins are held digitally as well. If you're looking for a painless web service to get one, uh, I use Coinbase. Like with fiat money and gold, crypto is also attractive to criminal enterprise. According to news.bitcoin.com, the largest Ponzi scheme on record is a so-called company by the name of Bitcoin Savings and Trust, who gamed their customers for 265,675 BTC. One such story hits closer to home. As I had initially signed up on a site called Quadruga CX, it was cashed out by its owner for roughly 215 million in assets. Had I owned any Bitcoin, I'd be among those robbed. So, silver lining, I guess. This may make this whole thing seem rather off-putting, but highway robbery is a rite of passage for any currency. According to a story by VanityFair.com, the first public Bitcoin trade occurred on May 22, 2010. Someone in Florida paid someone in England 10,000 Bitcoins to order him two pizzas. That meant each Bitcoin was worth one-fourth of a cent. This was later referred to as Pizza Day. So, to answer the question from the title, does cryptocurrency have a place in this? The answer is yes, clearly. How much of a place it has is a harder question to answer. At the moment, it's not evident that cryptocurrency is currently ready for full integration into e-commerce platforms. Of the hundred or so I've looked at between my own shopping, as well as research, I haven't seen any e-commerce sites that accept crypto, or Bitcoin being the most popular one. The issue for this, according to blockchainland.com, is that the currency is still volatile. There are issues with fiat currency, but those are known issues, such as inflation. It's something we can speculate and address. When I was signing up for an investment account, I was advised that my main priority with investing is to outpace the rate of inflation. The second issue is that if a government decides not to allow cryptocurrency, that essentially cuts off the market from being able to accept it as payment. But we know our society is becoming increasingly intertwined, and as such, 
the idea of a currency by the people, for the people, is a promising one. And we're a lot more conditioned to accept digital currency than one might notice at first glance. Do you play any online games? Any multiplayer game with an in-game economy is technically using cryptocurrency. So much so that in-game currencies can be traded for real-world money. The one caveat is that there is technically a middleman in the form of a game server. But it checks most other boxes. Do you subscribe to anyone on Twitch? Chances are you're earning currency specific to that channel. There's a well-known trading community called Buns. It's mainly popular in dense urban settings. As I attempt to declutter, a two-step-forward, one-step-back sort of issue, Buns is a great means to trade stuff I want to get rid of for stuff I can use. Buns has a cryptocurrency as well, called Bits. Users can earn bits by completing surveys paid for by advertisers, so in that sense, bits are valued based on fiat expenditures. This allows for small retailers and boutique stores looking to gain an edge on the competition, a new avenue to attract customers. Are you a Reddit user? This one's a stretch, but it's as good an opportunity to point it out as I'll get. They have a reputation-based currency known as Karma. Providing quality content nets you upvotes, but if people don't like what you have to say, you can get downvoted. This allows you to leverage your reputation by saving up karma and sacrificing it when you need to do something controversial. As time goes on, I predict with confidence that we'll be finding new and innovative ways to integrate digital currency in the hopes that each person can see themselves as something of more value. For sellers, chances are you've already considered whether or not you're going to accept cryptocurrency. So that part I trust you with. But what you may want to think about as well is a means to accept something like BAT through your supplementary content creation. If you have a presence on YouTube and other media platforms, you can provide users with a low-cost means to support your work without having to pay anything. The last thing I want to leave you with, and let me make it abundantly clear, this is my personal opinion, not the official opinion of Ecomonics, a Debutify podcast. I think all roads lead back to gold. According to education.jlab.org, gold is not only used for jewelry, it's also a conductor of heat and electricity, and it doesn't tarnish when exposed to air. Gold is also used on spaceships and skyscrapers as protection from the heat of the sun. So for one precious metal to be useful in ways that we have only unlocked through rigorous innovation, to represent both a personal human achievement like marriage, and to protect our brave astronauts as they explore the frontier of space, all currencies value will, in one way or another, translate back to gold. Who knows what it's capable of in the future? So, if you're ever in need of a safe bet, I think gold is as safe a bet as it gets. Silver is in second. I think. I might just be thinking of the Olympics. Anyways, let us know what you thought of this episode. If you have an opinion on cryptocurrency, you're not a fan of it, you're an even bigger fan of it than I am, or you're one of the lucky ones to have held on to some Bitcoin when it uh, went through the roof, that's something I'd like to hear about. I would love to know what your intuition was. Whatever the case is, you're always welcome to reach out to us. Podcast at debutify.com. See you later. You might have found this show on many number of platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or right here on Debutify. Whatever the case, if you enjoy this content and want to help us thrive, please 
take a few moments to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you think is best. We also want to hear from you, so whether you think you'd be a good guest or want to weigh in on anything related to our show, you can email podcast at debutify.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Finally, this podcast is created by the passionate team at Debutify. If you're ready to take the plunge into e-commerce or are looking to up your game, head over to debutify.com and see how it can change your life and the lives of many through what you do next. 